You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code PLAY for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. This episode is brought to you by Instacart. Instacart provides you with groceries delivered in as little as one hour. They have all the products that you love and you can find thousands of products from the stores that you already shop at. They offer same day delivery in cities like Los Angeles, Miami, New York, Chicago, Austin, Houston, Atlanta, and many more, including my hometown of Washington, D.C. You can save time and save money by finding exclusive deals on popular products and by getting them delivered at your door, you're saving time. Plus, my favorite piece is that you are not tempted by all the sales food that you're not supposed to be putting in your cart, like cookies and chips and candy and ice cream, oh my. They offer deals that delight, allowing you to save money on Instacart with their easy exclusive coupons that they provide digitally. And you have a personal shopper that will pick your fresh produce for you at the most perfect ripeness while keeping your eggs safe on the ride over. Okay, if Instacart sounds like something you try, check out our show notes and we have a special link there for you that will give you $10 off of your first order, making your delivery and your tip free. Welcome back to the Flaunt Your Fire show, where we explore what it means to be marketed and branded in a way that unapologetically flaunts the fire that fuels your business. Say goodbye to stereotypes and societal boxes as you begin to attract the right people, your people. This is where you and your team get to be yourselves in person and online. It's both as you serve the people that light your fire. Have you ever heard of a community project? Do you know what that is? And how do you know if doing one is right for your brand? What can you do to prepare for one if it is right for your brand? What are the signs that you're ready to have one? Well, I'm excited for today's episode because we're going to be diving into these questions and telling you how to prepare for a community project. And our guest, I am super excited to have here. Have you ever met someone that just feels like a ball of sunshine on a rainy day? That is Ellie Cheer. And She's just incredibly sweet and kind, and I have nothing but great things to say about her. Every interaction she's been 
super, super warm and just enveloping. Ellie Trier lives in the wonderful city of Copenhagen, Denmark, and she is a community builder for the quiet revolutionaries. She helps entrepreneurs with big dreams get connected and build thriving, engaged communities around their businesses so that they can make a massive impact, find their dream clients, and make their corner of the world a better place. A longtime business owner, Ellie knows firsthand the power of human connection to build a business, and her unique approach got her featured in the FT Guide to Business Networking. She specializes in creating powerful strategic online community projects and loves every minute of her work, even the boring bits. When she's not working, you can find her curled up with the book, painting, or hanging out with her husband. It's always the coolest thing to meet people with similar values, and Ellie definitely has similar values to us here at Flaunt Your Fire. She really believes in loving on your people and on your community, just because, because it feels good to do, not because of a number or a sale. And I think that people can truly feel when you're doing that, and they can feel when you're setting that example of leading with kindness. And we're all about that here, especially as we dive deeper into really stepping into the pause and the play community that we've started. So I think that you guys are really going to enjoy this conversation and let's get this show on the road so you can hear it. Welcome to the podcast, Ellie. How are you? Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm great. Thanks. Awesome. So you are coming to us from outside of the US. Where are you located again? I'm in Copenhagen in Denmark. Ah, wonderful. And it just seems so sunny every time I chat with you on video. (laughs) You bring me here to the US, please. (laughs) I'm in DC, so it's just been very dark and rainy. (laughs) Yeah, I tell you what, it's been very similar to that here as well. But uh, if we get some sunshine, I'll send some over for you. So I just love the work that you do. Um, And to clue our listeners in on that, we met due to the Fuck Follower Account project, um, which was incredible. And uh, actually, the host of that is going to be here on the podcast as well. So you guys will get to hear from Christine and her insights from that project. But I just really like the idea of bringing people together over a community project and the impact that it can have. So I thought, like, who better to invite to talk about community projects than you? Thank you. Yes, it's uh, it's kind of my thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the thing you do. So <laughs> considering that, um, I know that some of my listeners may be wondering, like, what is a community project? How would you describe that? Oh, it's kind of tricky to describe. And a lot of my job is kind of explaining this in various different ways so, so people kind of get it. Um, essentially, at its most prosaic kind of nuts and bolts form, it's uh, um, a, a group of people gathering together to talk about a particular topic. Um, which is delivered by email and an accompanying discussion group over the course of about a month. So it's sort of similar to the the kind of the telesummit model, but the way I do things is is completely different. It's much much deeper. It's much more focused on community and and conversation. 
Um, and it's just all around much nicer for everybody involved. Ooh, so for those of us listening that might not know what the Telus Summit model is, could you explain that really quickly? <laughs> um, the Telus Summit is um, it's basically a, a, uh, a bunch of people talking about a theme, but it usually happens over the course of a, of a weekend or a very short period of time. It's usually kind of video based or interview based. So it's really, really kind of heavy on the content. You have to like set aside a whole weekend to absorb it all. Um, they're usually available for sale afterwards. Um, they have a horrible reputation for being um, really kind of unpleasant in terms of we want you to be involved with this thing, but you have to have a certain number of people on your list. Um, it's very prescriptive in kind of marketing the project. So, you know, you've got to send like eight emails and, and six social media posts and um it, it's all geared towards building the host's uh, email list, basically. Um, mm. which, uh, it feels really exploitative. And there are people doing them in a completely different way, which is great. Um, but generally, that's the kind of model that's, that's touted. So it's a similar idea, the community project, in that you're gathering people together to talk about something. But the format and the experience and everything around it is wildly different. Ooh. So let's dive into that for a second. Like, because these things are very different, and I think many people who are listening to this podcast have seen like me participate in online summits and in-person summits. Mm. Um, I would love to know, like, how do you know if doing one of these things is right for your brand? I think the, the people they work best for are, are people and businesses that are very much um, kind of values driven. So people who really, really care about the transformations that they're trying to create, both in their people, with their clients, and also in the world at large. You know? um, so I tend to work with people who have these kind of really big, life-changing ideas, and they want to kind of um, start a movement basically and get that message out and have real kind of discussions about it um so it's more for people who are uh comfortable in not being an expert um and are much more focused on let's let's bring people together let's let's talk about this and let's move the whole conversation forward together rather than being the one at the top who's like i have all the answers Interesting. So do you find that the element of diversity makes a difference in putting together these events? Oh, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. And we, we actually devote a whole sec section um, of the process to talking about that and how important it is to have a diverse range of voices. And that means everything from, you know, racial diversity to age diversity um, yeah. different, different, you know, occupations, different businesses, different, uh, backgrounds, different styles that they, as much diversity as you can get means you get a really deep, juicy project where people are actually, they're actually encouraged to think about what they're consuming rather than just kind of taking it all as face value. Um, and you can hear, you know, on a topic as tiny as, um, you know, what it means to be an artist or, or how to focus on relationships over follower counts or something like really granular like that. 
you end up with this enormously broad range of perspectives, which means that there's kind of, there's something for everybody. There's a different way of hearing the same sort of message. So everybody who participates um, is much more likely to have something that's really going to change for them as a result of the project. Yeah, I can totally see that. I guess what I'm also hearing is that diversity of thought is very important in this as well. Yeah, absolutely. Diversity in, in all its forms is crucial. Yeah. So if someone is listening and they're like, okay, I heard you, I'm interested, I'm excited. What is something that they can do to prepare to begin their own community project? The first thing you really want to think about um, is essentially the, the where I see so many community projects fall down is that they don't have any kind of, of strategy or objective behind them. Like if you're going to be doing this for um, your business, you can't afford to be wasting your time and creating something that, that might be a lovely thing, but doesn't actually move the needle on your business or get you to where you want to go. So having a really clear idea of what do I want this, this project to do for my business? Like, am I bringing people together to launch or relaunch a group program or a mastermind or a community? Um, am I trying to get more uh, one-to-one clients? Am I trying to um, boost my email list because I've got launches coming down the road? Am I trying to um, position myself as a thought leader? Like All of these different kind of objectives can be achieved with a community project. But unless you know which one you're going for at the start, you're not going to have the the clarity that you need when you're making all the different decisions um, throughout the process that are actually going to get you where you need to go. Yeah. I mean, what I'm hearing is that you definitely need to have the end in mind. Definitely. Uh, and I think that that's huge, you know, um, with working with any professionals that they have to be able to work with your vision or the goal that you want to accomplish in order to be able to fully support you. Exactly. So if we have the end in mind and we're clear on that, what are some other signs that we're ready to have our own community project? It, they generally work for people who have uh, been around the block a few times. So I wouldn't suggest doing something like this straight out of the gate. If you're just like a brand new business owner, um, you, I mean, you could do it and it would give you an awful lot of clarity about what your offerings should be. Um, and the opportunity to actually speak to your people, but you mm-hmm. would be better served doing kind of other things beforehand, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, yeah. When you know if you're ready, the people who come to me most often are people who are, they've got their messaging sorted, they've got really clear on what it is they want to do, um, and they're looking for uh, an accelerated kind of boost in, in visibility and in kind of audience reach. Um, or they've been very, very successful using kind of old models and they're finding that they're having to work harder and harder and harder to get the same results. Um, and then Mm. for a way to, um, a a, a lot of of those kind of people find that they've built an audience rather than a community. So they're looking to- Oh, that's huge. Yeah, exactly. Can we pause on that for a second? We talk about that here a lot and on Pause on the Play, um, the secondary podcast that I'm on with Erica Corday. Mm. 
is that we've seen people build audiences, people who are just kind of passively listening, but they're not, don't feel like they're part of something or they're not engaging and having conversations. Um, I'm curious to know your thoughts on like that transition into getting them out of audience and into feeling like it's a community. Yeah, it's such a juicy one, I think, because we're all told all over the internet, like, build your audience, build your audience. Um, and actually, you yeah. end up kind of sitting on the on the top of this kind of great pile of people who are all looking up to you. Um, but it puts you in this kind of frame of mind where you you can't let the facade slip. Like you, The wonderful thing about a community is that you're in there kind of shoulder to shoulder with your people. And you have direct access to what they're thinking, what they're feeling, what they need, how their needs are changing over time. Um, And you can get supported in return. So you get this lovely kind of um, reciprocal relationship with the people who are looking to you, who are inspired by you, Um, which is a very different experience from feeling like you have to kind of constantly feed the the content beast and and keep producing stuff (laughs) and it's lonely at the top you know you need support as well and who better people who have raised their hands and said we love what you're doing I agree 100% and I think I'm so glad that you said that because I feel like it can completely change the way people see their followers the way that they see their clients Uh, their group programs, just so many different areas of like, you don't have to position yourself to be above these people, you know, and sometimes that can be a little detrimental to do so. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm curious to know if you had to say like, maybe your top two lessons that you've learned from years of doing community projects, what would they be? Oh, <laughs> that's a big one. <laughs> well, I think a great place is like maybe one that, uh, one example of like what really works and maybe what really doesn't work. <laughs> okay. An example of something that really works is um, understanding the, the, the way you behave, the way you show up as the host of a community project um, trickles down to everybody who's involved. So if you want your people, the audience, the attendees for the project to behave in a certain way, you have to Mm -hmm. show up as that yourself. So if you want like a really deeply bonded group who are all comfortable kind of sharing scary stuff and, and putting themselves out there, you have to be that vulnerable from the minute you first come up with the idea to communicating that to your contributors to you know how you talk about the project how you show up in the group like you are the person that everybody else is looking to um to, to see that's huge yeah that's huge I think we all here to like lead by examples like oh I've heard that a million times my parents have said that to me growing up yeah. or this teacher said this but it's another to like be like oh but this actually like it matters and it makes a difference. It really Ugh. does. I mean, I see a lot of people who have um, like Facebook groups and things and they're complaining that their people aren't engaging. They're not kind of joining in. And then you look at what they're actually doing in that group as the host and they're just like churning out 
scheduled posts you know thursday is is share your wednesday friday is promotion day and there's they're not engaging at all they've just set it all up and forgotten about it oh man <laughs> yeah so i've seen that too and i think that that can even apply to like uh instagram mm-hmm. or linkedin um or even like some of the more front facing things that are not private groups where it's like you know, people can leave valuable comments and then you don't say anything back. It makes them a little bit afraid to continue to do that. Yeah. It doesn't make them feel like their contribution is valued. And if yes. people don't feel like they're valued, they're not going to bother showing up anymore. Agreed. Agreed. So would you say that that is the thing that you've learned is like the biggest lesson of what doesn't work? I would say that that really is. Yeah. You have to, you have to really... <laughs> be aware of how you're showing up and understand what that ripple effect is um and something that does really work is oh generating doing everything that you can to generate a sense of ownership in the project that you're creating so when people Mm. work with you talk about this a lot all the way through um so you want people to realize that this is not something you're doing to uh, to boost your own email list, to kind of put you at the top of the castle, anything like that. It does have those yeah. benefits, but actually the main focus, the main driver is that you are interested in hearing from them. You're interested in the conversation you can all have together and keeping uh, reiterating that this is about the community and helping people to feel like they are a part of it. Um, And what that does is it means that people are much more likely to talk about it and to share it and promote it. People are much more likely to show up and be engaged with it. People are much more likely to actually have a transformational experience as they're going through it, because they feel like it's something that, you know, you may have facilitated it, but actually it belongs to all of us. Mm, I love that. I think that that's important is allowing themselves to feel like they're a major contributor to this project. And I think what I'm also hearing is just that reminder of like, you know, leading from your heart being in the right place of the change or the conversation you want to see happening instead of the sales that you could potentially make on the back end. Exactly. And this weird counterintuitive thing happens when you focus on the people, when you focus on taking care of them, and making a really glorious experience for them, a transformational experience. When you focus on on bringing people together and having these really important conversations, and that's your primary focus, you get all of these incredible kind of business benefits that just, they're just like a bonus, you know? <laughs> so yeah. and if you focus on the, on the businessy part, like I want, you know, X number of people signed up, I want to make X number of sales off the back of it, then the whole thing falls to pieces. <laughs> It's, it's, yeah, it's a strange alchemy. Yeah, being a little woo, but it's like people can feel where your intention is. Yeah. Is what I'm hearing. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) So I know that the work that you're doing is super important and you facilitated being a part of community projects and helping leaders start community projects that have really changed the game as far as the level of conversation and vulnerability that people are having. And I just think that partnering with somebody 
like you is just so, so important and matters so much. And I know that some of the tangible things that you do, um, but I'd love to hear you share like the tangible pieces of what does it look like to work with you um, for somebody who is looking to do their own community project? Okay. Well, the way I work with people is that we team up for three months. So that's two months of kind of preparation work and then the month where people are actually running their project. And I take them through all the different pieces from coming up with the kind of the strategy and the theme idea at the very beginning, um, creating a blueprint of what you want the project to be and do, um, through to who you're going to invite, how you can get, get that important diversity that we were talking about at the beginning. Um, yes. Making sure that every single person you include is in service to the project. Um, then we look at, at, at promotion. So m- part of my projects is that I don't think that you should make anybody else do your marketing for you. Like there should be no requirements on anybody else. Um, so we look at all the ways that you can promote your own project successfully, but also make it really easy and pleasurable and fun for other people to promote it too. So making it super easy by providing like graphics and swipe copy and also this ownership piece of making them feel like they're actually a part of it rather than they're just, you know, doing your marketing for you. Agreed. Um, Yeah. Um, Then we look at the kind of logistical setup. So that's a a bit of a techie session where we look at kind of how all the different pieces um, go together. So the emails and the the group and and how to start conversations in the group and, and, all of the the moving pieces, basically. Um, we lay that all out so it's all super simple. Then just before we start, we do a flight check, which is just a quick rundown, making sure no problems have happened, doing any troubleshooting, making sure everything is in place for a really smooth and easy project. Um, and then they run their project. And then right at the end, we have a wrap-up and review session where we look at whether we've met those objectives, anything unexpected that's come up and there's always something unexpected that has happened which is such a treat um (laughs) clients who've changed their whole business models off the back of a a project or come up with oh my gosh i know come up with a whole new (laughs) service or offering that they can provide because they've actually been talking to the people who who want to buy from them yes Um, yes and throughout the whole thing like people get my eyes on the whole project the whole, the whole way through so um a lot of my job is is actually coaching people because when they're taking on these big projects they're like a lot of them feel like you know who am i to be starting this conversation like who am i to be doing this um so a lot of my job is kind of coaching people through that and and reassuring them that it's all going to be okay and that people will show up and people will care and um and that so it's like a full it's a full support package as well as the the kind of the consulting piece so you're hinting at some of the intangible things and i think that especially in the work that i've done with erica corday under the brand umbrella pause on the play and the community that we've had we realize that the intangible things are just as important if not sometimes more important than the tangible mm. and I think it's important to note that what I heard you say is that you're kind of like the support system, like emotionally 
for the people that you're working with as well. You're not just like, here's how we're going to do this step by step, but you're also like there to like cheer them on and remind them of who they are and really just give them that ease and peace of mind. And sometimes the pep talk they might need when who am I to do this thing kicks in or the imposter syndrome stuff can come up. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I've I've been called a a midwife by my client. (laughs) Which is too funny, but it definitely sounds accurate because you're like really pushing them along to get through this process. Yeah. And I'm also hearing peace of mind. Yeah. Ease. Comfort. Yeah. Knowing that you're not doing this alone because I can tell you as somebody who has helped people start communities, um, also supported brands and being able to transition their gym members into a community and their product-based business clients into a community within each other, that it's that other piece of like the peace of mind and ease and support and clarity that can come from the support that they're getting from you that is super important because we can all get in our own heads and feel like, ah, (laughs) when things start to happen. So, I mean, a project like this is a big deal. I mean, the first time yeah. I, I, I tried to do it by myself, it took me like 200 and something hours to pull it all together. Um, and I can now get my clients through the same process in about 25 hours over the course of the three months. Um, I mean, that's major because yeah. I, I want people listening to hear that like you just breeze through, okay, we're going to do this and we're going to do this. And it's like, yeah. You, you make it sound easy, but there's so many moving parts <laughs> to starting a community, no matter what kind of community it is, but especially a community project with multiple speakers or presenters or whatever word feels comfortable for you to use. But you're having to also coordinate them, not just the people in the group who are contributing. Yeah, you, you need to be a bit of a cat herder. <laughs> I mean, one of the things that I do is that I've done a lot of the work for my clients already. So they get templates, they get examples, they get like fill in the blank worksheets and stuff that they can that they can work to. So there's a whole load of kind of thinking work that they just don't have to worry about. They can just take the the template email, you know, make it their own and send it out without having to worry about if they're doing it wrong or if they're getting the tone wrong or or anything like that. It's just really, really easy. I love it. I love it. They're able to borrow your brain kind of. (laughs) So I would love to know as somebody who is the midwife, the cat herder, (laughs) and the leader of fucking follower accounts, because let's just be real for a second. The amount of followers you have has no indication of how much business and revenue you're getting. Oh, no. That's completely (laughs) What is one thing that you've found that has helped you flaunt your fire? <sighs> well, I know when I filled in the uh, in the questionnaire that you sent me before this, I said learning how to take action even when it's scary. And I think that's still, you know, that's still so true. But I'd like to kind of add to that and um, say that learning to take action that involves other people, even when it's scary. Because I think a lot of us get kind of stuck in um, research mode or designing things or, you know, doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Um, 
but taking action and actually reaching out and making an ask, you know, asking somebody if they want to work with you, asking somebody if they want to partner with you, um, asking someone if, if, you know, they want to have you on your podcast, for example, you know, that, that people piece is often the most terrifying. And that's the bit yes. that, that is so crucial. Like a business doesn't function without relationships. It's just, it doesn't happen. I love that. I'm so glad that you shared that because we talk about imperfect action a lot, um, both between Erica and I. And I think it's huge because it moves you forward. But some yes. of the most powerful actions we can take are when we take an action with someone else, when we reach out and make that phone call, when we send that Instagram DM. And honestly, like this conversation here today would not have been possible if I didn't take the scary action to ask you like, hey, let's have a coffee date and then, hey, be on the podcast. <laughs> so many opportunities can come from just a quick conversation. Yeah. Yeah. You never know what can happen when you reach out and and say hello to someone who you think looks interesting. Like that's all it takes. Agreed. Agreed. And you find like you have things in common. <laughs> you talk to him long enough that you wouldn't even expect. Uh, lately, it's just been so interesting to see that you have people in common you didn't know you had. Yeah. <laughs> you have clients that may need that additional service. And then that becomes a referral. I think so many times we can think that business has to be, I got to go like and seek out all the clients, you know, <laughs> and it's yep. like doesn't have to be that way sometimes conversation leads to oh I might have some business for you <laughs> yeah that that's essentially like the backbone of my marketing plan for my own business like my marketing just feels like me hanging out with my mates it's just super chill super casual I speak to a lot of people and money happens yeah I really love that because I think that when you surround yourself with people who are doing things a little bit differently and that kind of is their strategy, you can begin to step into a place where your business feels good. Yes. And I said it a lot. Um, I'm freshly back from Alt Summit, but mm -hmm. I said it a lot at my presentation speaking there that I don't think anybody creates a business and realizes once they're in it, like sometimes you work harder than <laughs> having a job Yep. to feel like you have a job. Like you want to feel good about the business you created. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the stuff that gets you through when inevitably things get hard because we all have, you know, dry months or, or, you know, things that go wrong. And uh, if you, if you've created something that you love and something that supports your life, then it's so much easier to bounce back from that. I agree. So I love leaving people with one action that they can take based on the conversation we had here today. What would you say that your one action you would give them would be? To go and have a look at how they are showing up in their own communities or how the, their favorite kind of community leaders are showing up if they don't have their own community and see kind of get this visceral sense of what it's like when somebody actually models the behavior that that they're supposed to to you know that they want to create um how somebody actually does lead by example because it will it will do so much to creating better communities across the internet i love that and i'll say for me i think mine that i took away from this is to call you up <laughs> instead of calling you out mm -hmm. and ask you 
to reach out, whether it's an Instagram DM, an email, it doesn't matter the method, but start the conversation with someone who you think can really help you take that imperfect action, no matter how scary it is. Someone who you think is the person to move your business forward, your community forward, and really just get help support you with the accountability to do the scary things. Because I know that growth is on the other side of it. Absolutely. I actually, um, if people are interested, I actually have an offering that can help with that. It's called Love is Greater Than Numbers. And it's all about how to make connections on the internet and, and reach out and make those scary asks. Um, in a way that feels really genuine and not like a spam bot, not slimy, just (laughs) genuine relationships. Thank you. Thank you so much. So what I will do is I will make sure that the link to that is available in the show notes. I know that you guys are going to love this conversation and love Ellie as much as I do. So I'm also going to link you back in the show notes to where you can keep in touch with her on Instagram as well as Facebook um, and her website. So definitely check out the show notes for those details. And I look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode. Thank you, Ellie. Thank you. Okay. If you like this episode and you're like, Hey, I am ready to take some action, even though it's scary and I'm ready to do it, even if it's imperfect. And I want to do that with someone else. I want community. I want support. I am inviting you to join the pause in the play community. Pause in the play is an amazing opportunity to get the accountability and trainings that you need the most from me directly, as well as diversity, equity, and inclusion specialist and licensed coach, Erica Corday. We have a private community ready just for you with amazing other souls who are very heart-centric, who are very value-driven and want to do things in an ethical way. They want to build meaningful relationships with other inclusive leaders. They are ready to impact the world, and I know you are too. So you can learn more about Pause in the Play, the community at pauseintheplay.com slash community. And if you like the easy route, you can just go ahead and check out the show notes and there will be a link there you can click on that will take you to learn more information about us. This is an amazing opportunity and we do still have a few seats left open for you. Okay. And I'm also going to say that if you're listening to this and you have some questions, you go to the page and you're like, you know what? I got a few more questions before I make a decision, or I just want to learn a little bit more, or you just want to talk to Erica and I, we've opened up a few spaces on our calendar to chat with you. So you can find the link to book a free call to get to know us a little bit better and learn more about the community as well. The link for that will be in the show notes for you too. I can't wait to see you guys on the next episode. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. 
Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business. It can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?